Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Tauber. I'm an award-winning personal stylist who's actually been in the business now for 17 years. I specialize in elevating professional women, entrepreneurs, and women in business with their personal brand. These podcasts are about sharing my hints and tips. And along the way, I'm super excited to welcome guests who will be sharing their star stories, their expert advice. And I'm also going to be showcasing some brands that I know you are going to love. So if you're a lady who lacks time, struggles to put an outfit together, wears the same things time and time again, and doesn't want the hassle to find something new when shopping, you will absolutely enjoy this podcast. I really hope you love the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Talbot and today I'm very lucky because I have got a wonderful guest on my podcast, um, a lady called Helen Bullen, who is a mentor, business mentor. I've come into contact with her in lots of different ways, actually, but initially I think it was through Clubhouse. And then I've been watching what Helen does because she's had some different businesses, but you're doing um, more business mentoring at the moment. So, Helen, hello. How are you? I am very well. And we know there's another conversation behind that. But right now I am brilliantly well and uh, full of energy and uh, just got off a workout. So a little bit hot and sweaty, probably. Uh huh. And it's fine. So for those that are listening, they can't see it. For those of you who are on the Zoom, you you still can't see it because she looks absolutely amazing. (laughs) But Helen, tell us a bit about your business journey, because you've not always done business mentoring have you you've you've had bricks and mortar businesses so tell us a little bit about your business journey yes so um I trained initially as an osteopath so I'm a qualified I'm a retired osteopath I have to say legally because we can't use the title without but I trained as an osteopath or probably 22 years ago and I set up my own clinic then I sold that set up another big clinic and was really good at it because I suddenly had to learn how to do marketing and I was um, I had about we had about 24 other therapists there, reception staff. And suddenly I was responsible for all their wages and things, too. So I quickly learned through lots of mistakes and some good stuff how to do marketing. And then people started asking me, how have you done this, especially in the therapy world, because I'm also a lecturer. So I lectured osteopaths over here, over abroad. I was an examiner. I worked for my governing body. I was sort of big in that world. And I'm a, I've always been competitive. I used to play National League Volleyball. So <laughs> I always want to be the best at what I can be. Not competitive necessarily now against other people, but about how good I can be. Mm-hmm. So people are asking me how I did it. So about six years ago, alongside my bricks and mortar business, and by then I'd got the big clinic. I had been going probably uh, five or six years with it. And people asked me. So I ran it alongside. I started a membership um, and I wrote a book and really just mentored alongside doing it. I, I suppose in truth, I actually started to love business more than I love treating patients. And don't get me wrong, my years of treating patients, yeah. I love it. But there was a definite change in what I liked doing. And, and I think I started to learn the online world was a world that was really exploding. And I didn't have to be tied to a bricks and mortar. And you know, when you have a bricks and mortar business, it's quite expensive because you have rent and rates. And I could see another world where my expenses were low, but my income could be quite high. So I ran the twos together and then cut a long story short, we got to lockdown and I was going to retire three years later than lockdown. I decided I was going to retire from being an osteopath and my lease was running out then. And then my husband got early retirement. 
And that was like, oh, hang on a minute. If you're not going into an office, (laughs) I ain't going into an office. So I luckily, uh, whether it was luck or not, I don't really believe in luck. I talked my way out of my lease. I've always got on with my landlord and I talked my way out of the lease. And he said, yeah, okay, you can drop it. I said, I don't want to do all this like um, COVID stuff. I'm going. Nobody in my practice was brave enough to take it on because really it was a tough time as we know in lockdown. So I just said, actually, I'm just going to shut it. It was fine. And I'm going to concentrate on my mentoring Little did I know that a year later in 2021, I got I went for my um, my regular, my only my second mammogram and I got called back and um, I thought, yeah, it'd be nothing. They say it's nothing when you get called back. Oh, no, I was the one that in the end got diagnosed with stage three triple negative breast cancer, which is one of the rarer forms of breast cancer, a little bit more aggressive. But luckily, likes aggressive chemo. When I say lucky, not so lucky for me, but lucky for the cancer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that then was my journey. So when I look back now, I'm like, actually, it was the right time to stop that business. You know, if I had to have cancer, let's think positively, because that's me. Uh, my kids had all moved out of home, got their houses. I'd shut down a bricks and mortar business that would have been hard to run with that. I could run my mentoring while I got it. And my husband had retired. So he was there to look after me. So that was a very long way to tell you a very long story, but probably not as short as you wanted me to, Lisa. <laughs> no, but do, do you know what? That's really interesting because it it shows why you went into business mentoring because the business mentoring side of it came from experience. And it's really interesting because you'd been in a business world. You, you'd learned kind of like everything. We learn how to win. We learn how to fail. We learn the successes. We learn the, the shortcuts. We learn the things that we can't shortcut, all that type of thing. So then to go into business mentoring is why you're then in a position to really help those that you work with because you're able to, to basically pull on all your knowledge and your experiences to, to help others. Just before we go on about the other, a bit of your journey that you you kind of popped into do you work with specific businesses because obviously if there's there's women or gentlemen that are are listening it would be lovely to hear do you work only with women do you work with you know certain types of businesses or do you find that you have got the knowledge to work with you know different industry sectors yeah, I tend when I started, it was a lot of therapists, so massage therapists and reflexologists and osteopaths, mm-hmm. etc. But as time's gone on, and I've expanded, you know, you can see behind me that's the HB box. I have a stationary box. I have online businesses. I've done the mentoring. I've had bricks and mortar. So now I can fairly much do most industries, and I love a product, if I'm honest. But I work with small business owners, so the people normally that are on their own or have only got one or two other people, they maybe work with them or contract. They're the people. I like to get hold of, as I yeah, say, yeah, yeah. because normally most of us set up a business and we love what we do, but we actually have no idea how to run a business. And um, I know in therapy, but lots of people there, they can't necessarily be employed by anybody. So they get thrown out into the world to do what they yeah. love. Yeah, that's and true. Then they suddenly realize they have to run a business. And that's a whole nother like mess if you're not careful and I, I really like helping people to prove that they can do what they love and make it a success, but being business-like at it. But mm-hmm. also, I'm really into taking like effective action, not busy being busy. You know, sit your butt down and get the job done and stop thinking about too many silvery balls at the same time. You know, t- we tend to have loads of ideas and we're going to do this and this, and then we do half do everything. So I like that business owners that is really good at what they do, but the business side, normally people tell me they hate the business side. And that's 
normally not the truth. It's normally they just don't know how to do it effectively. Or the person that is failing or struggling at what they do and just doesn't know how to make it work. That's the people I tend to work with. So I will work with bigger companies, but bigger is not what I want. Normally, bigger companies have got a team of people that will somebody will take on the marketing. Somebody does the social media. The people I work with normally are trying to build it up on their own. Yeah. And I get them to a place where they can outsource stuff because they're earning enough money. They can give people jobs to do. That's what my love is, is to help people yeah, just just make their dreams into a reality. And yeah. I'm not particularly interested in saying, oh, everybody's got to earn a six figure income. If you want it, go fill your boots. Great. I've been there, done it. Great. But if you actually, if 30,000 works or 50,000 works and you can live your life then for me that's success so I tend to work on that because quite often that's what I have to break down first of all is somebody saying I'm failing because they're not earning six figures and I'm like well are you happy can you afford your holidays can you afford your bills can you take time off when you want to great or people feel that they're not a business because they haven't got a load of staff well I've had staff and it's great but it's also tough so that's where I go I never answer a question straight enthusiastic. But do you know what I love about this is everything you just spoke about, right, was about how you help. And this is really interesting for me because obviously the other element that you alluded to just now before I asked you about your business was this massive journey that you have been on when after your your mammogram and you went back and you obviously diagnosed with your breast cancer. And what you were just talking about in business mentoring, you kept saying I help. I help, I help, right? But then what was really interesting in the journey that you have just been on, you have diarized it, whether it be on LinkedIn, whether it be on other social media channels. And every step of the way, you have been helping somebody else. And that, because what you've done is you've kind of brought it into the forefront of, do you know what? You know, you were very raw, very raw in your this is me, guys, you know, this is about what I'm going through. But by doing that, other people who might have gone through it or going through it or about to go through it, they kind of go, bloody hell, you know, this woman is pretty inspirational because she's doing it, but she's showing us how she's doing it. Um, You know, obviously my, you know, like you, your business is your business mentoring and how you help is your passion. For me, it's all about clothes. Did I know, obviously, when you started to go through your treatment and things like that, did your relationship with clothes change in the beginning? Did did it? Yeah, it did. I mean, I mean, lots of people think when you have cancer and chemo that you lose weight. And that isn't always the truth, because yes. some of us, a lot of us get stuffed a lot with steroids. For me, steroids eating food when you've got a sore mouth because you've got ulcers is ice cream yeah uh, not exercising like I used to and I probably put on I would say three stone but it was just under of weight and I've never really been that heavy well not even when I was pregnant and for me that changed because suddenly um, I had a lot of bloating as well so waistbands didn't fit I'm a jeans person I like quite structured clothes so when yep. leggings and stuff are great and I use them for working out but me personally I feel like I'm I don't know, sitting on the couch, lazing around if I'm in my leggings. That's just my mentality. I can't even stay in my pajamas late at about nine o'clock because I start to feel (laughs) like psychosomatic. But all of a sudden, I was somebody who was staying in my pajamas because I felt so terrible. I was pulling on clothes 
only but just because they fitted and trying to find I remember finding an old pair of jogging bottoms and undoing the the waistband and saying to Eddie no oh god I can only just fit this in I didn't like how I looked in the mirror I mean you probably saw me on a lot of my posts and I talk about it in my new book that I smile at the mirror I smiled at the mirror every day because that's all I could see that was me I was bald um I had some funky hats I have to say <laughs> I got into hats Lisa really got yeah, into yeah, hats. yeah. but my outfits weren't weren't me you know I, it just was hard because I didn't really get a choice I just and I didn't really want to buy any new things I ended up wearing some of my husband's t-shirts because I, like, I don't want to buy new. Mm-hmm. This is not lasting forever. And I'm, I was cross that my body had changed. And and people have their body changes for many reasons. And it is, it is a bit of a shock. And and you can be whatever size you like. For me, I don't like being that big. I don't feel comfortable. And probably if I'd gone and got another wardrobe, I could have felt comfortable, but I wasn't going to do that. There was no way cancer was making me buy a whole new wardrobe. Um, and then it changed my opinion because... I had a pick line, um, there's a little mark on my arm. I had a little pick line where they, they insert a tube and they give you all your meds and take your bloods. And that was six months in there. Well, you get, um, it's like sticks out about that far. You get a bandage around it. So I couldn't get my arms into lots of things. Or if I did get my arm in something like a sweatshirt. Oh, you, you want it to catch. You don't want it to catch or or you go and they want to take a blood test. You've got to get your arm out. So for me, I start, I told you earlier, I started to wear a lot of cardigans. <laughs> now, I've got a few, but these weren't funky cardigans. That's what I did buy. I went to Sainsbury's, I think, and I just thought, right, any cardigans that are long enough to cover my bottom, that's what I felt I needed to cover, and loose enough on the arm, but easy enough to take off. And I was having hot flushes as well because I got pushed through menopause. Not such a bad thing because I got pushed through it. I was going on that edge anyway. I'm older. It wasn't like I hadn't had my children. Um, but I was either hot or cold, so I could take it on and off. I remember that I went to, um, is it Lululemon? I went there. Yeah, yeah. It was after a chemo and I was mad. I was like, I'm just going to spend some money. And I walked in there. I bought a beautiful zip up sweatshirt. I love it with a nice hoodie on it, zip up. It cost me over a hundred pounds. I remember thinking, oh, I just paid for it. Actually, it was the best thing I ever bought. It just felt comfortable. It felt a bit luxurious. I'd, it wasn't the Sainsbury's Cardi. And I lived and died in it. And yet I, I bought something else that I bought. It was a, before I had chemo, a cosy sweatshirt. It was all wrong. I couldn't get my arm out. It was too hot. I wear it now. But it's funny. I didn't really realise what was comfy clothes. And I went to leggings. Um, I love a sweaty Betty. I like a legging. Yeah. Um, so I got into my leggings and they were comfortable. And, you know, when you're sitting in a chemo chair for four to six hours sometimes, you need to be comfortable. You need to be comfortable. Mm. You need to be able to go to the loo with your trolley and all be accessible um and yeah I got into hats I really liked a hat I chose personally not to have a wig that's not to say anybody should have a wig I think wigs are great but I was getting so hot yes and I know what I'm like I would have just taken I'm very open I will whip out my false boob at any time and stick it on the table I'm very open (laughs) so I would I know I would have taken a wig off and just be you know have it under my arm or something you know like I've got my guinea pig with me (laughs) so I was like (laughs) maybe not a wig and I also, in my head, I was like, this is not lasting forever, so therefore I'm not getting a wig. That just, it's yes, very yes. subjective. My personal thing was, and I know lots of people that had wigs and they look fantastic, but I went for hats. And I was lucky that I was sort of, August, I started my chemo, I finished in uh, by December. So I had a lot of time when I could wear hats. Yeah. And I went to beanies and bobble hats and I had a great fun. The only thing is, a little top tip, when you buy a hat, 
before you have your chemo, before your hair falls out, remember the lining has to be soft. I bought a couple and by the time you get a bald head, I was like, oh, that's really itchy. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. the label. You don't think about that. But yeah, hats I got into and I embraced them. And just, I mean, shirts like this. This is one of my shirts I actually bought. This is a Whistles one. Because it's got a wider arm. A wide sleeve. Yeah. But, and yet it also, I quite like it. it's a drop sleeve, but it was also me, very yes. much my colouring and me. So I did buy a few bits, um, but I'm looking forward to buying more and I've lost more weight. But, um, but yeah, it definitely that, changed. But it's really interesting what you said about what was... It had to feel like you and it, it, you know, and what's really interesting, you used then, like you said about the um, Lululemon sweatshirt with the hood, you said, I loved it. And it's, it's so interesting that, you know, what you went through, certain pieces of clothing made you a feel like you, but gave you that feeling of you know, I love it. I love it. And, and absolutely, you deserve to, to love it. But also yeah. you then adapted your clothing style to suit what you were going through at the time. And, and I know you, you, you mentioned as well earlier on when you and I had a quick chat, you also found shopping a little bit more difficult, didn't you? You said that you had an event to go to and you were going to go and look for a dress, but you found that, and I'm, you know, for, for the ladies that are listening that have been in that position, I'd love you to be able to maybe share that story and, and, and what you did to kind of help you through that as well. So this was the story you told me about the dress. You went for an event. It was a wedding, wasn't it? No, it was um, a friend's 60th. Oh, that's she, right. I don't know if she knew, but I won't mention her name, but oh, I no. told her age. <laughs> so we were going away to a house for a weekend, and I, and they called it a gala night. We're going to have this gala night. Everybody was black tie. Well, that's great. And I've told you before, I love a black tie. I like dressing yep. up. I love wearing beautiful clothes. But suddenly I was shopping. So we went to John Lewis, I think it was, where you have all the different shops. So yeah, I yeah. walked around. With and my husband, Eddie, who I sort of call my superhero, I, I am fortunate that Eddie too has had cancer and had chemo way back. So he gets it. He had testicular cancer. We do joke that he's one bald and I'm one boobed. <laughs> but like a matching pair. Anyway, um, but I went around this shop and there was all these shops and there was, you know, I like mint velvet and I like whistles. And I, like, and I was looking at all these clothes, but I suddenly realised I wasn't the shape I usually shop for. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done much shopping and I'd, I was post mastectomy. So it must've been February time. I was post chemo but I still haven't got any hair or not much. I had, I'd lost one boob and I wasn't really settled with that as to what to do, what to wear. And it was overwhelming. I I just walked around and luckily my husband, Ed was around and he hates shopping. So he'd wandered off to the cafe and then and he came back and he just met me as I'm walking towards him. And I just burst into tears oh. because I just, oh, <laughs> well up now. I just didn't know what to do. Everything yeah. I looked at was like, no. And I tried on one thing and I couldn't get, the top over the top half of me it was almost like my my false boob was a different shape I don't know I was a yeah, different yeah. shape something was different and I just thought I'm not going back in those changes and every in a changing room as well I didn't really realize most people are quite chirpy and happy and yeah. oh yeah you look great yeah. in that I was on my own and I went in and that's a top tip I would say to somebody take somebody with you take a girlfriend with you it can cheer you on and pull things for you or, mm-hmm. or take Lisa take Lisa yeah. I needed I needed you yeah I felt like I was on my own until my husband had said, come on, let's walk around again and point out things. And there was one dress and I think it was mint velvet and it was quite expensive again. And I, it was, she said, just try it on. If you want that dress, you have that dress. You can have it. And I took it in a nice to be a 12 and I picked up the 14 and took the 16 as well. And I actually couldn't get in the 14. It was quite flowy, but the 16 I could. 
But when I pulled it on, it sort of came under my boobs and then went out. Like an empire line. It was nice enough. It had longer sleeves. It had a lower neck, but not so low. And it did the job. I have to say that dress is too big now. So yeah, it comes off my shoulders now. But I felt comfortable. But even so, it wasn't quite as posh as I would have gone for a black tie. But I did it and I showed up and everybody thought I looked great. And, you know, I also had a wedding dress. I haven't mentioned that, have I? We didn't do no, a wedding dress the... to get back into as well. Wow. Tell the story. Well, because we have been together like 17 years and we decided to get married in 2020. Bad move, obviously. Oh. So our wedding in May was cancelled. So we actually got married in July with six people in our jeans. Fantastic. I loved it. Oh. My jacket, my jeans on, a pretty lacy top. I've always wanted to get married in my jeans and cool trainers, noble trainers. I love that. So I do like fashion. I don't know if you thought I did, but I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was lovely. We knew we would celebrate the year after because we wanted a big party. So we celebrated May this year. But of course, I've just had a mastectomy. I've got a dress that I haven't really put on for two years. I've put on two stone and I have to go back and get it fitted. And I hadn't even opened the dress. I was so like despondent. So I go back and um, they're great. They get me in it literally. I went, okay, you've got six weeks. We reckon you can get into this if you go for it. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I managed to lose 10 pounds before I got back. Um, And I got in it. I bleached my hair white blonde. I'd really got a very I think I saw that. Yeah, Yeah, I went, I just thought, right, I think my my hairdresser went, F it, let's just bleach the hell out of it. I went, okay. So I went white blonde, really short, looked quite funky. I just was growing back in like a funny colour and I wanted to make a statement. I mean, previously I was going to have my hair up. I was going to have it all beautiful braid because I had quite long hair and it was pretty. Uh, that I couldn't even wear the tiara that I'd got because I hadn't got enough hair to lose yeah. the tiara in my hair. So I bleached it blonde, managed to get in the dress, and we had a lovely day. I, I look some of the pictures, and I would like to have been smaller, but I was alive. And the best thing was they made me like a little cut. The boot, the, the dress was sort of off the shoulder, and it already had a bit of a cup in it, and they just reinforced the cup. So I had a little gap which you couldn't see. I could put my lip gloss in there. I could put my hanky in there. It was fabulous. The photographer at one point is going, what have you got in there? I was like, just my lip gloss. And I was doing this. <laughs> had my little pocket in my dress, which you couldn't see. And we had a fabulous time. So yeah, fashion has been important to me. It's great talking to you really, because it's made me realise it has been important. Oh my good, um, but, but, but I, I said to you earlier on, and, and the reason I wanted you on my on the podcast, because you are, I don't think you realise how inspirational you are by what you're you're talking okay. about. And you know, that you've got some of the funny stories. So, you know, what you went through was tough, you know, you're not denying that factor, but you you went through it with positivity and a little bit of humor because and, and also, I would love you, um, for those that are listening, um, where before we press record on this podcast, Helen and I were talking, and she told me the story that literally had me laughing. Um, tell the listeners about, you have a wardrobe of clothes, right, that you're now getting back into and that you love. But what else now do you have in your wardrobe that plays a really integral part to, to, your, to your day and when you get up in the morning? So I have a beautiful wardrobe, the sliding door, it's walk in, I walk in and the first thing I see is my shelf of boobs. (laughs) I have a boob shelf 
and I'm very proud of it. And that's all about it in my new book, but it's in there. I have the softy that they give you when you first have a mastectomy, which is a bit like, um, looks a bit like a teddy bear's nose with K-pop in it, that stuffing. Yeah, yeah. And they say to you, oh, take a bit of stuffing out or put it in just for your size. Very odd. But it's quite comfy. Quite like yeah, that yeah. one. I have my looky-likey boo, which I find a little weird, but works well in a dress and it's quite heavy. It looks like an actual boo. It's like, I find it a bit weird, but it's great. And it goes inside a special bra, yeah, which yeah. is great. Before you, ca- before you just carry on, where do all the boobs come from? Are they, are they, uh, part, or, or do people, do people buy them or how do they come to you? Yeah, it's a good point. So when you, when I went in for my mastectomy, what was brilliant is they gave me this softy for when yep. you come out post-op. Yeah. They also give you a little cushion, like a little horseshoe shaped cushion to put under your arm to, so your arm doesn't stop. And they give you a little bag to put your drains in. This is all done by volunteers. They wow. make it. They make the things for you. So you get given that. And then you are fitted by the NHS with my looky-likey boob. Okay. And they're great. And I've changed it once because I was like, doesn't look right. And the woman said to me, it hasn't got enough droop to match the other one. I was like, thanks. thanks. <laughs> okay. And it is like going to a shoe shop. So they go, oh, I think you're a size nine. And then they pull back the thing and then you get a box oh with goodness. your size nine boob in it with a droop or not a droop. Or... It's very funny. So, you know, I laughed at that. It made me laugh inside. And I always make the nurses laugh because, I mean, and don't get me wrong, this journey I have sobbed and wept and it was awful but there were also some funny sides and it's amazing isn't it any trauma you remember the funny stuff well I do anyway yeah so I've got that and then I found this company I'd really like to give them a shout out they're called please do b-o-o-s-t and you I think you just put at booster on Instagram you'll find them and they do a really pretty boob I wish I'd brought one in I've got one in I can't can't quite pull it out but it's like um it's like a boob it's like a, a cone shape silicon and as I said, look them up, but it's got pretty shapes all over it and it's collapsible and see-through and you could swim in it. It's lightweight. So I took it. It's like my, I, I say that my looky-likey boob is like wearing stilettos to a party. You like wearing them, but you ain't going to wear them every day. Yeah, yeah. My other boob is like my comfy trainers that I pop on, does the job every day wear and it's great, but it's called Boost. I'm really just writing it boob. down as we talk. I'm like, can I do it on a podcast to get it? That'll be funny. Am I allowed to do that? If you can, would that freak you? Uh, well, listen. So, for anyone who is listening on audio, Helen is just getting her looky likey boob out. But she hasn't um, got a boob. Exactly. Oh wow! It's like a silicone. Isn't it pretty? Look. Oh, now they're not wow. cheap. They're not cheap, but this company, it's worth getting. So you just wash it. it was, I can swim in it because I also have a swim boob that I had to buy. Um, and that, oh my that my swimming boob is a little bit different to this. Yeah. And it's it's like beautiful bluey colours. If you put a light behind it, it could be a lamp. <laughs> but to be honest, I wish I'd found this first because this yeah. does it all. Yeah. The only thing I'd say is it's not as smooth when you've got a very tight fitting top. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it could be a hand puppet. I'm so sorry. You have to laugh about it. Yeah, because... but, but you know what? You And again, unless people like know, they wouldn't necessarily know. So I, I will... didn't. Yeah, so that's boost, as in B W O S T. No, B O S T. Boost. B O S T. Okay, so we'll O S T. And I'm tag them because they're great, and occasionally they give away free ones. But I would say this will last me forever, and they come in different colours. So white, pink. Yeah, I've got a dark green one. I've got this one. I don't think they had the pink when I did it, but I would have liked a pink one. But yeah, really great, lightweight. Um, and just can either slide in a, a special bra or it'll go in anything. And what I like is 
if I do exactly this because maybe I'm hot or I'm uncomfortable, yeah. nobody would know really what that was on my desk. I've even posted on my Instagram, people might have seen it before, on my desk because I thought, you will never know that's my boob. Yeah. And I love that. Whereas the one that looks like a boob, I wouldn't have got that out and showed you. It's yeah, a bit yeah. like, hmm, yeah. it works, but, no. but yeah, um, I love this company. Oh, bless you. And and listen, so now moving moving kind of forward, has your relationship with clothes changed again? Because I know that obviously you've, I know you're kind of on the whole keep fit regime and everything like that. Have you, do you look at clothes a little bit differently again now as, as the, like you're a couple of years down the line? Yeah, I'm starting to, and I'm I'm only really, I'm only since February, so I'm not even a year down the line. Oh, February wow. is when I have my operation yeah. and my chemo finished Christmas Eve, literally Christmas Eve. So I'm starting to, but here's the thing, I want to be down. I've got a dress that I wore for my 50th, beautiful black dress off the shoulder. That's my target. And I'm also going to go and do a massive shop when I get to where I want to be. I can't wait. So I'm holding off a little bit. I've got some new sports kit. Yeah. And I always love a new pair of trainers. So I've got some new trainers. Um, but I suspect I will. Um, but I'm holding off a little bit. Yeah. What I'm enjoying is getting back into my jeans. Yes. And going down the sizes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm back into my 12, 14, where I was 14, 16. And that, my little top tip is Sainsbury's do very good jeans for tall people when you're moving through the when they're moving yeah, through yeah. the sizes. Because you don't have to pay very much, and yet you can have a, quite a good pair of jeans for that. So um, so yeah, I will be, but I'm holding fast a little uh, bit. And I'm, and I'm really holding fast. I'm on a 75-day fitness challenge right now. I just got picked actually as one of their people in the most improved in the first month. So oh, I'm really pleased fantastic. with that. Big difference, yeah. But I just, and then this is what I'm all about and I've always talked about is I believe you can achieve anything when you learn to commit to it. So I've committed to 75 days. And they asked me the other day, have you not even had a blueberry out of place? I was like, no, because I've committed to 75 yeah, days. Yeah. Why, why would I do that? So when I've done that, it's almost up to Christmas. That's when I'm going to go and get a fantastic or a couple of fantastic outfits to wear to my Christmas dues. And I can't wait. So, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, how, but... how wonderful. And listen, before we finish, you have dropped it a couple of times, but I really want to tell people about this. You have written a book, haven't you, about your journey that is coming out when? We hope February, February, March next year, we hope. It's okay. just got to go to the publishers. It takes a little while to get through publishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Tell us the title. Hmm. Well, it's cool. First of all, I should say I named my boobs. Um, Agnes is the one that's gone she was A and B was B or Beatrice you could call her okay. A and B because I always liked A better I liked Agnes better she was a better looking boob she sat better when I fed my kids it was all I feel mean now she had to go she got her maths wrong she got her calculations wrong so she had to go <laughs> so I called her them Agnes and B so the book was called Agnes B Cancer and Me and uh, I just started writing a diary from the day I was yeah. I wrote a bit of content on the day I got called back to the Jarvis, which is like the first port call for people that get called back on mammograms, not necessarily for cancer, but yeah. you get called back. And I just like you were probably Lisa. I thought oh, there's a bit of content here waiting. It's covid and I'm waiting with lots of people looking anxious. I can write some content. Little did I know that was the first bit of my book. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's titled the first chapter is when things go tits up literally um so there's some comedy in there there's a lot of sadness a lot of tips and advice for people going through it people um looking after people what to say what not to say all subjective but hopefully helpful for people and yeah I I, I read a bit the other day and I've written a book before 
And I can't say I ever enjoyed reading my own book. I was like, oh God, what am I talking? This book I'm enjoying. It's um, it's, it's a journey, it, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's a journey. It's your yeah. journey. I take you on the journey, and especially in the beginning, it's daily. It's like whatever t- you don't realize how many tests that you have done even before you get to the chemo. It's like being. I mean, it's a it's a fantastic roller coaster, but you are on a roller coaster and. I always feel fortunate that I have breast cancer because there is this roller coaster that they've got ready for you. I had another friend at the same time. He had cancer on the top of his ear. And literally it was trying to find which specialist would treat him. And then what would they do? Because it was so unusual. Whereas actually breast cancer, like the bowel cancer like test, if you can get found out, they have a route for you and yeah. off you go on it, you know. Yeah. So in a way, yeah. again, I was fortunate with that. So, yeah, that's my book. And, and do you know what? Again, it, we we finish on with the podcast in the same place we started, right? So we spoke about your business, and your business as a business mentor is helping is helping small businesses reach their their next goal or reaching what they want to achieve. And the the massive journey that you've been on with, yeah, like you said, with some sadness, with some trauma, with some but some humour is again what you've put in your book to help and support other women who who might have to go through that journey and I have loved talking to you honestly it it one of my probably one of my favorite podcast recordings because you you just come across as as this woman who wants to help you know what I mean and and you know what we we really we met a couple of years ago before you even started this journey and and it's just been amazing to have you on here. So for anyone who um, Helen wants to work with you, obviously all the details are in the show notes below, but where is the best place for people to, con- to connect with you? Um, probably my social media and okay. I'm really easy to find. It's Helen Bullen UK. There is one L in Helen and two in Bullen. Helen Bullen UK or just Google Helen Bullen or put it into Amazon, Helen Bullen, you'll find my book, you'll find my website. So my name, but on socials, I add UK on the end. Okay. Um, Helen Bullen UK or, you know, I'm, I'm on all of them. I'm, I'm not on Twitter. I'm on there, but I don't, I don't, I won't listen if you talk to me on Twitter, but I'm on <laughs> Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn are my main places. But yeah, use my name. And if you Google it, you'll find where I am and you can message me, email me. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, listen, I hope everybody has enjoyed listening to that podcast as much as I have loved recording it. Um, Helen, thank you so much for your openness, for your time. um, And I wish you incredibly well for the future. Um, Thank you to everyone who's listening and we will see you all next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, Bye, Helen. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to know more about working with me, then why not book a discovery call with me via my website, lisatalbert.co.uk. And I look forward to welcoming you back next week. Bye-bye.